Hello, and welcome to 40 Guard Live. I'm Derek Menke. I'm joined once again with uh, my special guest, Mr. Amar Lakani. How are you doing, Amar? It's good to see you again. I'm doing great, Derek. Uh, you know, I, I think we're finally, like, opening up here in Texas. Things are ready to uh, get back to the wild, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that's great. Everything's bigger there, right? So I expect it to, <laughs> to, uh, to be a great week as we come up ahead. Yeah, so, you know, what's that? I said everything's bigger in Texas, especially yeah. when it's got to look out for that. <laughs> I like the hat, too. It's great. Exactly. Uh, so, so speaking of everything up, you know, I mean, like, you know, we've been talking uh, in, in other episodes. We talk a lot about you know, the current threat landscape. Obviously, we've been talking a lot about COVID. It's been a threat uh, for the last two months, obviously. But um, with that, you know, with COVID being front and center and, um, uh, and, and you know, some of the other um, attacks, you know, we talked about the anniversary of ransomware and WannaCry and things like this often overshadowed is the uh, topic of, of OT security. Um, so that's what I wanted to talk about today. You know I mean? So in, in our threat intelligence brief, you know, we, we release it every week. Um, uh, last week we talked about uh, APT group 39. This is a group that's been known to go after as an example, the travel industry and, and airspace and so forth. And when you start to see attacks like that and recent attacks hitting healthcare as an example, there's this convergence of attacks that, that hit OT technology. Um, you know, just, just in the news um, about two weeks ago, I think, two or three weeks ago, there was an attack in Taiwan that hit domestic energy uh, and energy companies. Uh, this was a, a custom-made ransom attack, so it was another OT-related attack. The bridges between that critical infrastructure plus more into the OT realm. And, you know, I really think that we're on the cusp of this. We're going to start to see a lot more of these OT attacks, but... I think it'd be good just to kind of walk back in time. You know, we're, we're on the anniversary of uh, Stuxnet. I think you know this this really well. Um, that, that was 10 years ago, right? Yeah, uh, Stuxnet, the, the OG, and uh, no pun intended yeah. since it was originally called Olympic Garden, but the, the OG of like OT malware. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it was the first time we really saw something that like malware that went outside, what I say outside the matrix, it went outside just the software world and attacked kinetically. It had an effect on actual devices in the real world. So uh, before that, it was all like malware that attacked like in software, like it attacked your computers, maybe at most it like hurt your hard drive or formatted things, but we never had malware that jumped like outside that world, right? Yeah, yeah, this is the, the cyber physical world. As we said, that, that blend between uh, virtual reality and, and physical <laughs> reality, right? Um, and, and yeah, I mean, Stuxnet, of course, was huge news. It was a game changer at the time. I mean, it, it used the four zero days. Obviously, it was a movie made off of it. It's quite, quite a famous uh, case, you know, pretty sophisticated, uh, targeted, right? But it was uh, specifically uh, going after ICS, right? So SCADA um, is going after uh, critical infrastructure. And, you know, it's interesting, right? Because if we walk through history, we have this sort of pattern that we see. Uh, you know, uh, first it was it was the PC, right? And then it was, um, uh, you know, mobile malware in about 2000. Around that same time as Stuxnet, we started to see, especially Android, like APK samples, we started to really see an uptick in, in mobile malware. Uh, we saw, the you know, the, the game change of the OG, as you called it, uh, with Stuxnet uh, on the critical infrastructure point. And then it just started evolving from there. And then we got into the world uh, of IoT, Right, and we still saw some of these critical infrastructure attacks before. Black Energy was one, right? Yeah, I mean, Stuxnet was really interesting because it, it specifically attacked uh, uh, nuclear um, centrifuges, and 
you, you know, I, I'm like very simply how nuclear centrifuges work is they have control rods. Think of it like a giant metal tube and it has like it's divided in half and you have these rods that are spinning really fast. They're actually spinning close to the speed of sound. And if you spin them lower than that, you don't get uranium-235 or 239 coming up from them. And if you spin them too fast, it's like an earthquake. You destroy hundreds of millions of dollars worth of equipment. So Stuxnet, like I said, it was really, really smart because it took advantage of zero days that no one had seen or heard of until that point. Now, we do know, by the way, that the first pose of Stuxnet, Stuxnet was seen around 2005. But right. it was 2010, yeah. So, so it was around before that. And, uh, and what happened is that either the operators, when they were looking at things, they didn't know anything was wrong because it modified even the UI, the HMI, human, human machine interface, on making sure everything was correct. And when things started exploding, they stopped the emergency. They intercepted the, the messages for the emergency stop button. So big red button, never pressed. When they pressed it to stop everything, it didn't yeah. stop either. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Five years in the making, right? I mean, it just really shows this sort of wrap-up time for, for these attacks. Um, you mentioned the HMIs, you know, that's interesting. Let's talk about that for a sec. So, uh, yeah, human machine interfaces, there's always a weak link, right? I mean, security is always analogous to, to, the, to the weakest link in the chain, how strong your security is, right? And I mean, yeah, you, you can have, you know, really embedded secure uh, endpoints that may be incredibly hard to find a zero day or hack, but if you can get onto a Windows PC, which is what most of the uh, HMIs run, then you, you can compromise. And a lot of those are even um, outsourced or cloud-based too, which is, which is a big problem, right? And, you know, the other problem is that these things traditionally were supposed to be air-gapped by design, right? And um, obviously when you have these HMIs and there's RTUs, right? Other interfaces that are hooked up, um, we just don't see that anymore. Right. So we've done a lot of investigations and research into, um, you know, OT equipment. Uh, you know, everyone's following the Purdue model. Uh, they're, you know, they have separation and segmentation. Every place, a nuclear power plant, a nuclear <laughs> facility is supposed to be air-gapped. Every, right. in real life, we've never seen truly air-gapped system. Even in Stuxnet, how are they getting, it wasn't connected to the internet. Nuclear power plants aren't connected to the internet. They know right. better than that. But uh, how are they getting updates? Well, they were getting updates for USB sticks. Someone was coming up with a USB stick. And of course, the conspiracy is, uh, and there's evidence to point to this, is that maybe the USB sticks were infected. Maybe people coming in could have been double agents, espionage. I mean, it sounds very Hollywoodish. Uh, and the updates were actually taken over. Like there, there was actually certificate um, stealing. And, uh, you know, so they, they stole the certificates. The, the updates were verified and they had malware in them. So no matter how much you try and error gap things, you have maintenance systems, you have support systems, you have temporary connections that people forget about and they become permanent connections. So yeah. uh, so that's the problem. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like we're talking about the convergence of uh, cyber physical. So, you know, virtual reality, as I said, physical reality, it's the same thing with security. You're talking about uh, instead of TCP IP attacks, uh, a physical you know, device a USB stick that, that's being plugged in too, right? Um, so, yeah, so, you know, like, since it's been 10 years, right, since the anniversary of Stuxnet, um, Stuxnet was pretty special, still is. I mean, that was a milestone, like I said, uh, but very targeted, obviously, like, basically one case that that was saw, right? Uh, there have been a couple other critical infrastructure attacks, but really uh, what's, what's on the horizon and sort of where we are right now is true operational technology. So we're not just talking about critical infrastructure, right? I mean, like before we, we saw the mobile malware attacks, and the IoT attacks, those happen 
And now, uh, you know, and we saw some critical infrastructure attacks in there. But now, as OT is really widely being deployed now, we're talking all industries, right? Forestry, mining, uh, you name it. Um, uh, there's a lot of different connected devices that's concerning, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you know, some people say Stuxnet was a good thing. They, they say that it, it uh, you know, disabled or uh, hindered the Iranian nuclear program by a number of years. While other people say it wasn't a good thing because now everyone knows you can attack real devices. So what do we have today? Well, we had things like Havix, which Fortnite did a lot of research for years ago. Black yeah. Energy, which basically made transformers in the Ukraine explode. But we've had things like hacks on hacks on cars that like uh, change self-driving systems. We've had hacks on connected TVs where people are hacking the microphone and web cameras, right? We have a hacks on like just like fluorescent light bulbs where people are getting into your network. So people realize, you know what? I can do a lot more with malware than I used to be able to do, right? And uh, and now they open they're. they're they have their eyes are opened up, basically. You know, and I mean, a lot of these are running on common flavors of, of Linux too, right? Just similar to IoT. You know, and the problem is when you start putting these devices. I mean, you know, the, the first sort of attacks that we saw on IoT devices were traditional devices that you can get at a consumer electronics store, right? So like uh, DVRs, uh, printers, network attached storage, these sorts of things, right? Um, and it, that, that's a concern because they can be used as springboards, right? They can be hacked and then used used to move laterally in networks. But when we're talking about OT, these are things that you're not going to be buying in consumer electronics stores, but are just as vulnerable, likely to attack. And they're, they're being put as sensors into production environments. And you're talking about ships and uh, you know big trucks, mining rigs, to, to like you said, uh, connected vehicles and cars that are relying on autonomous information. Um, that becomes a much bigger issue. Right? And I, I really start, you know, I, I'm really concerned, I think, about the future that we're going to see a lot more of these attacks since they're so accessible, like you said. Yeah, there, there's uh, actually a new term because we don't have enough acronyms in, uh, in our industry, obviously. So there's a new term people are using called IIoT, industrial IoT. And right. what it is, is <laughs> those sensors you have on gr Just imagine when you're doing oil drilling, right? Those, those uh, drills, those drill heads are very expensive. They're very uh, time consuming to replace. You want to know about them when they fail before they fail. So they have sensors on them, mining equipment, gold blasting, um, uh, just air conditions, HVAC systems. We have sensors on everything today. And that's OT, uh, IOT, IIOT, whatever we want to call it. IIOT, what's next? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and it's a typical problem. It's even worse, I, I think, than we talked about with, with IOT, right? I mean, that the, the whole patch problem, right? So the supply chain issue, the, the patching problem, the, once it's actually rolled out and deployed in these environments and there's an issue, how quickly can that be mitigated? I mean, through, through patching uh, as an example too, right? Um, and obviously we're coming up now in the world of 5G. So that's gonna mean quicker communication, localized regional communication between these devices too, uh, which is gonna complicate it more, right? Yeah, 5G is going to be a game changer. It's that simple. If you think 5G is just like faster mobile devices and faster internet connectivity on your hotspots, yeah. uh, you're thinking about it. Your, your, your view is very contained. Just forget about your concept of perimeter security. Uh, forget your concept of like things are cloud and on-premise. Everything is like mobile, on-premise, cloud everywhere. And the thread landscape is going to expand exponentially. And I hate to say it, we're finally going to have to learn if you don't know it, IPv6. So, so uh, millions of devices on all the time with uh, opportunity. Yeah. Um, well, it, 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 it's, like, it's like everything as we go through 
the decades of security, um, we still have to cover the bases from before. I mean, you know, we're still, you know, anti-spam is an example, right? It's been around since the 90s, and same thing with antivirus. Uh, that's still relevant. I mean, that's still one of the biggest threats that we see is your phishing attacks and, and spam, right? But it's still there. But the problem is, it's not like we shift, right? It's expanding, like you said. So we have to cover all those bases from before. Still, you know, look at the perimeter and all those edge attacks. But now, like you said, um, within, you know, talk about BYOD. This is a whole new world, right? I mean, these devices are going to be roaming everywhere, communicating fast, and uh, and getting a hold of that in terms of what devices are allowed onto networks, how you control traffic is it's going to be critical, I think, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's just uh, it's just amazing. With the world of IoT, when we had our first major attack with the Mirai botnet taking over IoT devices, causing the then DYN DNS attack that took down like like a third of the internet. Now, just imagine when you add things like five G, you add where you have so many devices. People always ask, like, well, what did Stuxnet really do for me in the enterprise? Well, it opened up the idea of how bad it can be in the real world. And it's just going to get worse and worse. We, we're seeing more motivation, people being more innovative with attacks. And and we got a brand new world coming with 5G, as you said. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the good the good news is that, uh, as you know, uh, we're, on, we're on top of this looking at potential attack surges and spikes through uh, through 40 Guard Labs. Really glad to have you on board too, Mar. Uh, couldn't do it without you. Um, hey, thanks for the time. Uh, I think we're up on time. These conversations always go so fast. Um, so I hope you um, you have a great rest of the day. Thanks for joining me, and uh, I will see you next time. Thanks for everyone for viewing. This is Mike Mackey again from Photograph Labs. Bye.